That is an intro music. I was just making weird noises. Oh. Alright, well, I wasn't ready. Eh, we can cut. We can cut. Do you want to open or want me to open? How do you want to do this? Mm-hmm. Hello and welcome to episode I don't know. I think we've lost count. It's a number. It's a number. I, I want to say it's like in the 20s. I think 20s, this would be like 22 or 23. 22 or 23. Of Speaking of which, we are actually doing an intro. Yeah. Um, so I'm Ryan. I'm Drew. And you may know us from such things as Speaking of Which, uh, the previous episode and the yes. one before that. Uh, although I think we actually subbed you in for a few of those episodes. People don't know the clone of you I keep in the closet. Yeah. Uh, you know, other other Ryan. Yeah, other Ryan. He. <laughs> if it wasn't for that scar on his left side, I would never know if some of you. Wait, you have a scar on the left side. You're other Ryan! Bum, 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 bum. <laughs> you know, this would be a lot better if like people saw <gasps> our faces. Shh, spoilers, we're planning new things. New, new things are in the works. Yeah. Um, no, uh, housekeeping today is pretty minimal, just. We're constantly trying to evolve, uh, find new things we like. So, you know, tell us if we're doing good, doing bad, if we're on the right track, or you want to change something or yeah. have an idea. Starting uh, with this episode and the next few, we might be trying out some different segments and different um, different just ways instead of it's just us talking about our main topic. So obviously the first thing is the housekeeping, which we'll probably keep. Yeah, I also like I making think. it a bit of a, a feedback section, a chance to... You know, go back and make corrections if we've really flubbed something or a chance for a viewer to chime in on something they may have missed out on. They, we, we find the point valid enough, we're going to bring it up. I don't want to deny our fans the chance to have their voice heard by tens of twenties of people. There are literally dozens of us. <laughs> um, but, you know, that's still going to invite commentary from the general public. And yeah. always, always looking forward to what people have to say. We are very open to feedback, to evolution and to making ourselves better to make it better for you guys. Yeah, because at the end of the day, we do the show... I guess there's that self-serving. We do it for ourselves because we enjoy this. Yes. But there's no point doing this if we're not at least making someone's day a little better. That's it. Uh, so, yeah, if we can <coughs> make the show better for you in some way, I mean, we got the feedback for our shorter show came from you guys, and that's why the show is uh, being shortened to a much nicer bite-sized nugget of a show. I so, think I made a joke last week about McNuggets. Did I already do that? Uh, you know what? I don't remember. I feel like I would have, though. It was too good to let it pass. Anyways, it was funny. So, uh, this week... Um, I, this topic came very naturally, actually. It was kind of fun. I'm, I'm curious about it because, the, you know, as, as some of you may know, the inner workings of our show, we... We have a list of subjects, mm-hmm. and we're always adding more to it. You know, one, one of us gets an idea. We have a shared shared list that we yeah. can both access, and we alternate. So last week, it was my idea, which we talked about doing, doing things well. alone. And so that was my choice, and so this week is Drew's choice, and the next week's going to be my choice. And Drew chose, uh, to speak of which... Languages. Languages. And I'm interested because, I mean, this is, this is a bit of a last minute We sort of decided this last night... Yeah, this was a very uh, short notice. 
we've been doing the show a little more bi-weekly. We're going to try to get back on the weekly train. Yeah, now that we're going to try, and we're also going to try and do it at a fixed time every week. Yeah, try so to really get things down just, to a more uh, meticulous schedule. There's some stuff in, you know, stuff stuff happening for us right mm-hmm. now, so we're going to try and make some adjustments to fit into that. We can't go into more, we can't go into any more detail, I don't Good think. Good things on the horizon. Good things are hopefully on the horizon, you know, you know, and we just want to keep evolving within ourselves. Yeah, and I feel time. like a regular schedule is going to make that much easier. So... Now that we're back to a weekly thing, anyway, we, I, this is a bit last minute regardless, you know, Mm -hmm. in regards to how we usually choose topics and how we go about our procedure. And the way you had introduced it to me is that you had people over and there was a debate over this. Yes. So we got into, um, I mean, as people our age, uh, 20 somethings tend to do having a few drinks, having a dinner um and again mostly family it was uh, siblings and um significant others to those siblings yeah we ended up getting into a pretty heated debate about our uh home province quebec and the language laws here um yeah that's it so for those who don't live in quebec i think at the moment we're realistic and we think most of our listeners are in quebec yeah but this might spread further people might take this up at a later date that's it so quebec is uh province in Canada, obviously, but it's a province that whereas the rest of Canada's first official language is English, Quebec's is French. And while the majority, mm-hmm. at least people in the Montreal area, the Quebec City area, like the, the metropolitan areas speak French as well as English, this is not the case necessarily for every single person. So yeah. Just a, just a bit of a... Um, context yeah i've always made the joke that uh, here in montreal we are especially where you and i grew up that very uh <clears throat> upper class uh, i hate to say the upper class but like it's a very english pocket yeah. of the west we were, we were uh, the english uh, part uh, of the french part of canada yeah a little bit a little bit yeah. of a so, russian russian doll there yeah you know? so if you look at canada officially any documentation anything we do as a country legally canada is a bilingual nation yeah uh english and french yeah if you go anywhere outside of Quebec, maybe a little bit to the the east with some of the maritime provinces, you're pretty much going to get English everywhere. Quebec, some of the maritimes, like I know in New Brunswick New and even Brunswick, Nova Scotia, yeah. I come across a bit of it. Even like Ottawa, they'll they'll do some French. But yeah, like Qu- r- rural Ottawa. Quebec really takes it in the sense that street signs, uh, business names, they have to be in French. And this was part of... Uh, this is actually a great jumping off point. This is really where the debate started was... It, it, Quebec really forces the French, and a lot of people see it as a negative. It's them basically saying, you know, you need to learn French. Everything needs to be in French. You know, over the last few years, companies have left Ke- uh, Quebec or, or chosen not to join Quebec because they didn't want to have to do with all the BS of being French. Um, mm-hmm. And it can be tough. I mean, if a small company wants to expand in Canada and they have a choice of going to three or four different cities... To choose Montreal, which is a great city to choose, you suddenly need to make all of your material available bilingually. Your website needs to be bilingual. There are still certain websites. I always feel like it's um one of the, like the women's clothing stores, like tweens, like Arden or something, or like H and M. I think it's H and M actually. Right. Their website, if you go to it from Quebec, basically blocks you, saying you're in Quebec. We don't have a French website. They can't let you into the English version. Because they don't offer a French version. That's it. And Quebec law states that you need to primarily serve mm-hmm. 
your customers in French. And it, it, it even goes to the point where I work, you know, we both work in customer service. Mm-hmm. And the general greeting for customers is bonjour, hi. Yeah, French first. French first. If you say hi, bonjour, most people won't care. But if you get the wrong person... It can be a thing. Like, there is a there is a there is an office called the Office of the French Language, and if someone reports your business to that office, they can come in and do an audit. If they find that you're not in accordance with like proper French affichage, mm-hmm. I should say, like just displaying stuff in French first, twice as big, blah blah, blah they give you a fine. Yeah, and it's it's pretty Nothing tough. You can do about it. It, this definitely causes tension, and this is kind of where this whole argument went to, was uh, my brother and his girlfriend uh, were on very different sides of this, and I see both sides, and they both make sense. My brother thinks it's silly because it makes it harder to live in Quebec, it makes it harder for people to immigrate or move into Quebec, um, because if you are an immigrant moving to Montreal, you need to learn French. Not even a matter of like, you, oh, you have to, or else no one's going to hire you. No, no. They require you, your kids have to go to a French school. Uh, if you are born in Quebec, you have to go to a French school. Like, there are schools that are bilingual, but the requirements to get into different schools are so specific, and effectively, it's to protect the French language, because without the government intervening to protect it, the fear is it would die away, and we would just become an English nation. I think that's a valid fear. But here is where I stand on this one, though. Okay. I think... We should let the government let it go. I think the French language will survive. Over time, I could see Quebec becoming an, a much a primarily English nation because it would be easier for businesses and people, and given the choice, they might make those decisions. Mm-hmm. But the same way a family today, you know, uh, they might teach their kids Italian because their grandparents are Italian or their family's Italian, they'll keep the language alive themselves. So yeah, you might walk down the street and hear more English, see more English signage. Uh, they may eventually get lax up on the rules if that's the case. But the French language never vanished. It wouldn't become our primary language anymore. I feel English would dominate for sure. But the, the households that, that keep French sacred, the households that want to keep French alive, would choose to send their kids to French school. Um, and like, an, I, I mean, one of the examples we're going to get to in a moment is um, a friend of ours, Lil who knows five languages. She even said to, said to me, she learned English and French out of necessity living in Montreal when she did, and then just living in Canada in general, English. Um, growing up in Brazil, the two languages her family spoke were Portuguese and Spanish, so she's required to learn both those. And then she still chose to pick up German as a fifth language because it was a language that was spoken in her state in Brazil often enough that it was worth knowing. So she knows five languages. And as she's texting me now, is also t- in her second semester of sign language classes, which I'm actually signing up for this summer. Oh, yeah? Yeah, no, work offered to pay for them, so why not? That, that's cool. It won't really help on the podcast, but I'm down. <laughs> Do a podcast entirely in sign language. Actually, that'd be a fun idea. I'm going to put that on the back burner for us. All right. I mean, um, I, 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 yeah, why not? Could be a, could be interesting. I, I can't. Uh, uh, anyway, um, I feel like I, I, feel, I threw you on a tough spot. I really give you a I, lot of information really quickly. <laughs> here's the thing. Here's the thing. I want to broaden this because, mm-hmm. again, this is a very. Right now, we're taking it from a very our home yeah, yeah, province yeah. perspective, but I can sort of relate this to what's going on in the United States a little mm-hmm. bit right now in the whole 
idea of preservation of culture. Yeah. And obviously the big thing with the wall and with the Muslim, you know, the, the, the Muslim ban and, and all that, it's, I don't want to equate the two because it's obviously to a very different degree. But they do have roots and similarity. It's a protection of a culture, one from being overtaken by the majority, where there's legitimately a fear that French could vanish because English is a much more common language, to the fear that they'll lose their identity as Americans if they let in too many other non-Americans. Yeah, that, that's... Like, like you said, they have roots in the same preservation and protectionist mm-hmm. culture it's just obviously the usa you know right now what's going on in america is to a much more interesting level yeah. to keep it uh to, to to keep from getting too political because i mean i have my opinion i'm sure you have your opinion yeah, yeah. we don't need to get into that here we're not um, smart enough for that we're not so, smart enough in us yeah something was brought to my attention about america recently yeah what is the official language of America? The official language of America... I don't know, Navajo? There isn't one. Yeah, I don't America know. does not have an official language. The same way Quebec uh, has theirs, Canada has theirs. Uh, I'm betting if you look at most major countries, they probably have their language, and there's sure the weird one-off state that has another one or a one-off city that has their own different language because the culture's there. Mm-hmm. America does not officially in any way, shape, or form legally have a language. Hmm. So all those people who say, you know, if you don't speak English, get out of my country, actually have no basis for it. Exactly. There was, that is the, the biggest fallacy. Hmm. It is a country, and I mean, you often hear the argument that America was built to be a melting pot of different people coming. I mean, literally... The number of times there's any kind of issues with immigration and they bring up the Statue of Liberty is the quote of like, bring me your tired, your poor, your hungry. The, the bring us people who need help. We're here to be a place for them to assimilate and grow together. They never said, oh, but you have to come learn English. It's our official language. Yeah, they said, no. come in, find your way through. English dominates. It's definitely a powerful language. And I feel almost, <coughs> ah, sorry. Uh, exploded for a second there. Wow. <laughs> uh, okay, well, I will pick this up. Please, give me a second. And and say that I think in general the scope of where the world is at and the scope of globalization right now is that regardless of where you live, if you are to function on an international level, be it in business, in culture, in community, in travel, in anything like that, to an extent you're going to need the English language um, because English is the international language of business. It's, you know, it's embedded in, you know, Mm -hmm. so many different places. Like I went to Amsterdam a couple of years ago. And of course, Amsterdam... They speak Dutch. Mm-hmm. But where was I? I was at a restaurant and we sort of like tried to speak slow and be conscious of natives. And we're like, and the guy spoke to us in per- perfect English, the waiter. And we're like, oh, you speak English? Like, yeah, 99% of people here do. Yeah, uh, that actually leads very strong to another, another topic I wanted to hit here. And that is um, leaving North America specifically. Right. Especially Europe, having being bilingual is such a common thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, like I look at us and say how lucky we are to have been raised to know two languages to the point where 
if I ever lived somewhere where bilingual wasn't a common thing, my kids would be in another language. I don't care if they wanted to do French like me or they wanted to pick up Japanese, Chinese, or Mandarin or some whatever. Yeah. I, I would basically say they have to take a language class. I think everyone should learn a second language. And uh, Paula even brought up being in Europe being the boring one who only spoke two languages. Right. Because most people she knew, especially being in Paris, knew English because it was the common language most people spoke. Mm-hmm. Knew French because they were traveling to Paris or living or working in Paris. Yeah. But then usually grew up somewhere else and either knew Spanish or Italian or German or Dutch or they knew their another language, usually one that was native to them or one that was culturally relevant. I want to bring up uh, part of a comment. Yeah, that go for we it, man. Got. Um, and I'm really happy that this person commented, just speaking on our, our personal level. Mm-hmm. Uh, our friend Joe. Mm. Our friend Joe actually uh, took the initiative upon himself to to fully learn German. Yeah. In addition to English and French, and I don't know if he knows any other languages beyond that. Uh, a bit of Croatian, he says. Yeah, I've the, heard that you know, too, yeah. Being a Croat, you know, from Croatian heritage. But he learned German from, pretty much from scratch. And so what he actually says is that studies have also shown that when you learn new languages, you are actually creating new synaptic pathways in the brain which also means that it can help stave off Alzheimer's disease. Ooh. So the other argument, you know, you know, when we're going on the advantages of at least knowing more than one language is it may actually be beneficial for us in the long run to know a second language, not just for interacting and for better getting around on an international scale, but also just... Mental health. Mental health. Our brain is getting more work by having a second language or even a third or a fourth or... In some cases, a fifth. And, Heck, and ASL so six. And Damn it, Lil. And, shame and here. so on. There are people who know even more. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, having all those languages to switch to, it does. It does create those new pathways in your brain because, quite frankly, you have to... Each language has its intricacies. It's not just saying something in English. It directly translates to French. You have to change around the words. You have to change oh, the yeah, syntax. No. There's masculine feminine in French. There's... I, all these different things, and yeah. each language has its own quirks. Yeah, even to share one of a, a story I've heard uh, of Lil. Sorry, Lil, I'm gonna spill the beans on one of your stories here. <coughs> but uh, she apparently, um, the Portuguese she learned growing up in Brazil versus the Portuguese that is taught in Portugal uh, assign gender differently. Yeah. So French, you would use uh, a prefix like uh, le ou la, mm-hmm. uh, d- depending on the the article of which you are speaking. You know, the table might be feminine, a person might be male, the door might be... I never remember, honestly. That's one of those things I still don't know how I yeah, keep track of. But... But I usually get it right, which is what's weird, weirding me out. But apparently for her, um, in, in Portuguese, in one culture it is whoever speaking determines the gender of the word. Right. So she is female, she would always use the female pronoun. Mm-hmm. Whereas in the other culture it would be the reverse. You would The person you're addressing... So she would address someone in a feminine tone, and that person would be like, um, I'm a guy, thank you very much. And apparently this caused an altercation with a waiter that was quite humorous. Oh, God. So, <laughs> so languages can be difficult, even the same language sometimes. Yeah, that's it. I mean, I'm sure our French that we speak here in Quebec and French that you speak in France or oh, in Belgium. In fact, <laughs> I was in Belgium. Oh, yeah? Thinking, okay. hey, the French that I have in Quebec is perfectly fine to get by. And I get there, and... It's very similar 
But it's those differences that threw me off immediately. Mm-hmm. And I go to order, of course, a Belgian waffle. And she looks at me and she's like, oh, blah, 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 blah. and I go, uh, and I just forgot every French word. Oh, yeah, no. Uh, uh, a restaurant <laughs> in Paris with my cousins uh, who grew up primarily French. They, they grew up here in Montreal as well, but they, they were French first just because their mother was French. Mm-hmm. And um, with, with them and some of their uh, relatives on their mother's side in Paris, and I was just like, sitting in this restaurant with this waiter and I'm like I feel so dumb and like uncouth that I can't figure out what the fuck he's offering me yeah like he understands me perfectly and then there's times I was one of the ones in Paris I can't remember where we were we said something to somebody and immediately go oh you're Quebecers how it's also just the the intonation I mean I you guess can, the accent you can tell when someone is speaking French and they're a Quebecer Mm-hmm. And when someone is speaking French and they're French from France, there's definitely different. Um, it just sounds different. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I, you can definitely tell. Like, I'm not going to sit here and say, like, my French is that good. No Parisian could ever tell I'm not. I know I've got an accent, whether it be super Quebec y or I've been told very New Orleans y apparently once. Oh, you're, you're uh, what's it called? You're, you're a Cajun. <laughs> I, oof, I wish. They're fucking so good. They're spicy. Anyway, mm. um, I'm a spicy <laughs> Paul Westman. I uh, I wonder if I should get into a couple more of the comments that we got. Yeah, we I got, got a few things to share as well. So we'll go back and forth on a few more. I like to I like to hear from our fans. Okay. Um, so I'll go with our, our friend Michael. Mm-hmm. What does um, Mike have to say? He says, he's, well, first of all, he says he speaks French, English, and he's okay in Italian. He understands perfectly, but he speaks, you know, fine. Okay. Uh, what he finds interesting is that he considers himself an Anglophone, but from time to time, he actually forgets to say how to say a word in English and only knowing the French way to say it, which I think we've all done. There are some terms, especially German, actually, going back to what Joe was saying, there are terms that exist in German where it's just one word, mm-hmm. whereas in English is a whole roundabout way of saying something. You know, same for French same versus English. So... I even find myself saying that sometimes. I'll be speaking English to someone, mm-hmm. and I'll go, oh, uh, that, 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 and I'll say a French word. And both the person I'm speaking to and myself will understand what I'm getting at. That's, yeah, the advantage of being here where most people do the same thing. You get that? Yeah. I've seen, I've seen it go both ways. I, was, I always enjoy that. I always think it's a fun little, like, quirk in a personality. That's it. He also thinks that, it, you know, when he's speaking French, he's also thinking in French. Where yeah, that I don't get, though. I, I do the same thing, I find. When I'm speaking in French, I really need to think out what's coming next. And so for me, I switch to French thought. Hmm. But when I'm in English, obviously it's English. And, and generally, even if I'm reading a French sign, I'm in English. But I'm speaking to a customer at work or if I'm speaking to a friend of mine who is primarily French... I'm thinking in French also because it's the conversational nature. I can't sort of be just like slow and translating all the time. Yeah. I'm speaking in a conversation and I don't want to be like, je pense, uh, uh, and I don't want the person to switch. The worst thing I want is the person to switch to English. Like, I, Yeah, I, that I'm, always feels so bad. Uh, I hate it. I, I understand they're doing it with very good intentions, but yeah. it's like, ah, oh, no, 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 no. It's my job to serve you in your language. Oh, but even on a personal level, like when we hang out, like... That uh, too. Like, you know, I'm, I meet people who are primarily French. I have friends who are mm-hmm. bilingual and we spend most time in English because they know that my English is better than... 
their English is better than my French. That's it. But then you meet some of their friends who are clearly more French. You try to speak French with them. Yeah. And then usually it's the I will crack first and go back to English because I've lost my chain of thought and I need to flip back to English. I guess I do think in French when I speak in French. I never really think about it. You never really register it when it's actually happening. But I I assure you it does. Weird. I'm discovering this about myself here. (laughs) We we are... uh... Uh, this is a special episode of Speaking yeah. of which, Drew, Drew, Drew uh, self-actualizes. I've actualized myself. You've... you've <laughs> <laughs> I've actualized... I was like, I don't know what's a thing oh you can do. Can you actualize yourself? Yeah. Uh. But I mean, I really do find, count myself lucky. And I mean... Yes. I, I do a lot of <laughs> online uh, video gaming, so a lot of people I meet are from other countries. Uh, primarily Americans. And... Once in a while, it, it comes up. We get into a good enough group. We chat and we get to the language thing because it's fun to be like, "Oh, you're in Quebec. You speak French." Mm-hmm. And you have the one guy who's like, "I took French for like two years," and gives you like, you know, uh, "Je peux demander où est la toilette?" And it's like, "Oh, very cute." Like you learn like you have no accent, but like you know a little bit. And I'll like you know I'll go super Frenchy on them to give them a laugh or something. Yeah. And then you'll find like we one more knows Spanish or one goes I know a little Italian, but for the majority. Americans, I find, don't tend to know multiple languages. Unless it really is this. Like, when I was in California, because where I was was so close to the border, a lot of people knew Spanish. And it was a lot of places I went, the menus were English-Spanish, because a lot of the population there was from uh, Mexico. But when I meet Americans in other places, like I, go, I go up to Maine, and unless they're tourists from Quebec as well... You don't hear many other languages ever or see it anywhere printed. Mm-hmm. It it's interesting because I don't know why Americans are generally unilingual. Uh, you know what? Here's the thing. A lot of Canadians are too. Yeah. Yes, there is the required French immersion throughout Canada, but having spoken to people who live in Ontario, in BC, in Alberta, in the Maritimes even, mm-hmm. it's, yeah, French is a class I took in high school. Didn't go back to it. Yeah. So part of the conversation from the other night that sparked all this that I want to get back to is, mm-hmm. um, I I feel like that's the one thing that... Even if my previous point of, like, you know, let's forget the whole fresh French protection thing, I still think French should be mandatory throughout school. Yes. The way we currently have it. And at least encouraged to continue. Uh, I know the situation in Vancouver, apparently, is a lot of schools will do mandatory language classes, but give you the choice of French or a few others. And most will pick up Japanese because the large Japanese population uh, in Vancouver. That's understandable. But um, again, that's one of those things where... I don't think most people turn and go, oh, it should be French because it's our official second language, and I get that, but at the same time, I think learning a language that's more useful to you... I think that's it. It's all very situational, and mm-hmm. it's great to be bilingual, not mm-hmm. necessarily English. You know, Obviously, when we talk about being bilingual, we automatically assume English-French. Oh, yeah, no, and there's, it's definitely... I mean, if you were out there and you are, for some reason, not speaking English or listening to the show, but you're two primary languages are not English th- that exists that isn't I'm not trying to discount that it's just very tough because the one who we speak yeah. to also usually speak English yeah if I can speak to my experience a little bit there, please, was, please, a, please. there was a time in my life where I knew four languages fluently. what? yeah okay wait English and French yep I'm gonna take a wild guess and say Hebrew yep 
And even I took some Hebrew lessons, I just never followed up on them because I had no interest in the, in the culture. The language would have been nice to maybe learn looking mm-hmm. back. There's other languages I'd rather learn. It's but... not a language that's particularly useful outside of like. Yeah, I feel like if you're if you are very culturally Jewish and maybe would travel to Israel and be a little more in the community, mm-hmm. it could be more useful. But even then, I don't think I know anyone from Israel who didn't speak English fluently. Yeah, we guess on the fourth language. It's not a difficult. Um, you could probably guess it. I mean, like the common guesses would be Italian or Spanish. Those are the two that most Sp- people pick up. Spanish would be would be the one. Interesting. Yeah. Um. I mean, I went to uh, being Jewish. I went to a <laughs> Hebrew elementary school. Yeah. So Hebrew actually, it was French and Hebrew that we took as language classes mm-hmm. up until grade four, and then we started learning English. Not to say that I am not a native English speaker. We spoke English in my house ever since growing yeah, up. Yeah. It's just in school. English was not offered as a course until grade four. Oh, same. Yeah, I mean, I did um, very generic public school uh, growing up here, and that was up grades kindergarten up to grade three was all French, and yeah. then in f- fourth grade and up, you yeah. would do half and half. That's it. And like you would do your history in French, but your maths in English. That's it. And then in high school, I uh, had some Spanish courses. Also, it was part of the curriculum. And I guess the point I'm trying to get to yeah. is that within a couple years of not practicing those languages, they were gone. I know yeah. some words, like I, I'm better in Spanish because I learned it more recently. I know some words in Hebrew. I can read Hebrew. Oh, not for life. Maybe. I wouldn't know what I was saying. Spanish, I can understand it a little bit. But it's gone. Like, both of those, I would not consider myself fluent in either of them. I can understand them on a very, very primordial level. Yeah. So I'm kind of the same way. I I took a few classes for Italian. Mm -hmm. And in the same time, uh, so our buddy Joe here, he really picked up the German due to an app that became available on the iPhone called Duolingo. Yeah. And that was really where he, like, jumped onto it. And he's been on that for a few years now. And is like, really, like, he talks to customers in our store in German. Like, he it really got him good. Yeah, I haven't uh, seen that. That was great. So I studied Italian a little bit in school. Picked up his app for a few months. Never really jumped on it. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I even now, like, when we were in Italy uh, for a trip recently, it was nice, you know, to look at a menu and being able to, for the most part, understand not feeling completely lost. I could not survive a conversation, but I can read the language. Can, can I uh, can I read a comment actually on Joe uh, again? Oh, because yeah, Joe go. is a great resource because we we were asking like uh, our friend Denon first of all said that he would love to learn Italian, being of Italian heritage. Yeah, and actually Joe gives us uh, you know having learned German from scratch, he gives us a great recommendation on how mm-hmm. to go about learning a language. Is how he did it. So he says, start simple. Duolingo is a great tool to get started. It will help you start to build a vocabulary, and the pronunciations are fairly good. It's also a good way to see if you will develop a passion for the language without dishing out money. Very key. Of course, nothing is better than being in the country of the language that you are trying to learn, but the classroom is a good second choice. If you find yourself passionate of the language you are learning, as I am with German, there are private schools which you can sign up and take classes. You'd be amazed at how fast you will learn if it's a good school, do your research. That's probably an emphasis, I'm, I'm going to guess. Yeah. The key to all of it is practice. For example, I, Joe, only listen to German radio stations from Germany now, using the app TuneIn Radio. A little shout out. 
I watch live German TV, watch German movies, and I'm now reading books in German. The biggest hurdle to overcoming is practicing your speaking. You could either talk to yourself in the car, people just assume you're on the phone, or practice it with family and friends who speak it. That's impressive. I mean, like, I really got to give a shout out to Joe. That's some incredible stuff. I mean, I know they always say it's easier to learn languages when you're younger. Yeah. A friend of Paula's... uh, has a niece who, by the age of five, was speaking English, French, and Mandarin just because she was a young age. We picked it up quickly. They did it in school. Yeah. And then they stopped taking the Mandarin classes, and the language just, boop, gone. Same for me. I, I went down from four to two. And yeah. Two is still better than a lot of people. But... Yeah. When you, when you consider the number of people who don't have a second language, whether they choose not to or don't have the means to. Yeah. Uh, like I, I was saying before with Lil, she's taking the uh, the sign language classes. Something I'm really looking forward to trying out. I know a few of our coworkers have learned it, right? And I have always been very jealous of it, so it's one I really want to pick up. Um, but I commend people for trying different languages. The last I know we're running long, but I'm just I'm loving this. But the last thing I really want to bring up, and it's something that's been brought up on another podcast I follow mm-hmm. from someone who actually is a teacher or was a teacher. Uh, who always thought that language classes weren't very useful. They were, which I, 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 looking back on now, disagree with more than I originally thought I did. Right. But his logic was not so much to abolish language classes, but to throw in another option. Right. And then it's coding. Coding as a language. Because we are in a day and age now where, it, I don't want to go digging into this one, but it is such a useful tool mm-hmm. that it is realistically a language now. I would... Sort of agree and sort of disagree on that. Oh, yeah, you know. In the sense that, yes, coding is a language, but it's more of a language to interact with computer. I'm not going to go up to someone and say, you know, uh, if if X equals 2, then, you know, put blue colors on the wall and, hey, man, brother, so <laughs> and stuff like that. I'm not going to go up to a guy and be like zero one zero 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 one and and you know do all the Java CSS and so while I <laughs> this is the best wall of gibberish I've seen you put out in a while. Yeah, put that code into uh, to your 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 program of choice and see what happens. It actually is a big picture of Donald Trump getting shat on um, by Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Anyway, um, Where did this come? Oh my god! But. I, I I do understand seeing it as a language in the sense that it is a way of communicating something, but it's a language that you use to speak to... To machinery. To machinery. It's, it's a language in a very different sense. It doesn't have a cultural relevance. It doesn't it, have a as useful relevance in the outside world. It is. But I feel like growing up in, in the right culture, the right area, in the right parts of the world it could be just as useful as learning to speak a second language i wouldn't replace it with a language class i would replace it more with a like a science yeah it's just an extra skill because Mm -hmm. you know following that logic mathematics is a language and physics is a language and and just different different terms that certain people in certain fields use to interact with each other those are all languages uh you know sports is a language art is a language right you know if we're getting very philosophical about it we can and i guess coding does adhere to the language laws a little Mm -hmm. better than some of those but i think it's a slippery slope and i think that 
learning coding is a great life skill, I wouldn't, I personally, I'm only speaking for myself, I personally wouldn't use it to replace learning in, you know, French, English, Mandarin, Spanish, Italian, German, Dutch, etc., etc. Yeah, I I always sort of say the mindset I put myself in is the, if I had a child tomorrow and they were picking their classes for school, they could choose, you know, English, like I have to take English, but I can also take a French or another language or coding, and they really wanted to do coding, I would still say they have to do French. Hmm. Like, even if we didn't live in Quebec, let alone Montreal, it it is still something I grew up speaking. It is still a skill I think is incredibly valuable. I would encourage anyone to pick up coding. It's something I've really wanted to sit down and get into with time and budget permitting. I would love to just sit down and really learn to code. But uh, I digress. Uh, To really sum up, I just think it it is... I, I feel really lucky that I grew up in a place where I was afforded the... Whether it was a choice or not, based on where I grew up, to learn a second language. It's something I didn't appreciate at the time, but it's something I've grown yeah. to appreciate. Like, if I grew up in a, a U.S. state that did not have a second language, and I was given the choice of, oh, do you want to take a second language? I'd probably say, no, I'd rather take an extra gym or art class. That's it. I, I'm really glad I grew up in a place, and I hope anyone listening, if you've ever debated a second language, or you started one and kind of fell off the boat... Jump back on. The number of times I look and go, I should just download Duolingo again and do Italian again. And I just, I don't. But I should. Bruh, it's never too late to learn No, this summer, ASL. American Sign Language. This summer, I'm doing it. I'm going to to learn the ancient language of the Shaolin monks. Is that where, like, the throat singing where you have, like, two voices at once? (laughs) That's really impressive. It's freaking out, man. That's not bad. Right? Huh. It's, I'm already like off to a good start. Yeah, but essentially, <laughs> if I can use a, a proverb, the best time to plant a tree is 20 years ago. The second best time is today. Ooh. So go sign up to your local uh, Kumon Learning Center. Oh, they're going to ask you to go plant a tree right now. Yeah, go plant a tree and then speak French to it. <laughs> you know? <laughs> for for those of you who are not educated in the art of the French language, tree in French is arbre. A-R-B-R-E. So go up to the arbre and say bonjour. My name is... Uh, 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 Insert your name there, but make sure you have an accent on it so you sound ah, French. Comment ça va? Fantastique. And things like that. And just whisper sweet nothings into its ear. And listen, bilingual trees grow into stronger trees than unilingual. Would it be vaguely racist if I also suggested they smoke a cigarette and eat a baguette at the same time? I... mm, That's not for me to discuss. (laughs) Feedback for another day? Hey, uh, our friend Kevin. (laughs) If you're listening, you let us know if you're offended. (laughs) Anyways, guys, this has been another episode. Uh, again, keep hitting us up with your comments, your feedback. Let us know what we can do, what we can change, any ideas. Yeah, we are social media um, aware, so you can find us on our various social media profiles. Uh, so the best place to get in touch with us at this point would probably be Twitter. And yeah. So if you go to at, at Ryan W and at Boxless Thought, or, I mean... We really should get like a page going for speaking of which. Yeah, I think that's like the next thing on the dock yeah, is really gotta be like the next thing. consolidating so, our social media. Because I don't really want to be friends with you guys personally. That's just too many things. It, you know, assuming there's 
more people listening than people who are already my friends. But uh, <laughs> we do want to hear from you. We do want to start maybe moving that that questions thread to our actual Facebook page. That would yeah. be a cool thing That'd to be do. Fun to put together. Exactly. So that's something that's coming we are we are still expanding we are still moving and some exciting stuff is happening on the horizon hopefully and always twirling twirling into infinity and the rain fell and fell and it went on and it rained and there was so much rain on the ground it was moist a moist ground a wet ground wear galoshes <laughs> good night folks so long